You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. A lot to get to ahead on today's podcast. We're going to talk some BYU basketball. We have it officially on the record that BYU is pursuing a non-conference game for early next week. Mark Pope spoke on it. What are the chances it comes off? Who might BYU be pursuing? We'll dig into that. We'll also get to another position preview in the lead-up to BYU Spring Ball on today's show. We're going to talk about the specialists. Kickers, punters, long snappers, kick return, punt return, all that jazz. And we'll also have a special conversation, at least part of it, with Paul Lasique, the former BYU running back slash fullback, spent time in the NFL and has been playing professional rugby in England for the better part of four years. He is coming home to play for the Utah Warriors, where he started his professional rugby career five years ago. Why is he making the transition back to Utah? What does he make of his time at BYU? We'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. So without further ado, let's dive on in. This is your Locked on Cougars podcast for February 23rd, 2022. You are Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU. And a huge thank you for taking some time to join us here. Getting going on today's show, let's talk some BYU basketball. We all know that BYU currently is on the outside looking in when it comes to NCAA tournament projections and while they're not the end-all be-all because ultimately Selection Sunday and the NCAA Selection Committee will make the final call, it sure looks like BYU is going to need to take care of business on their end of things and also probably get some help. Could they bolster their chances with playing an extra game, a non-conference game next week before the West Coast Conference Tournament? This has been rumored about. I know that guys uh, actually a guy we're going to talk about he did a really good piece on this. Robbie McCombs from Vanquish the Foe. He's kind of the first person I saw bring it up but I've seen it rumored elsewhere that BYU with that extra non-conference game that they could schedule as a result of Portland not rescheduling their game against BYU that was uh, post postponed officially due to COVID-19 protocols. It will not be made up because neither team could find a corresponding date to play that game. So BYU has an opening on their schedule. Now, Mark Poe spoke to the media yesterday, and in his comments during media availability, he said they have talked to, he said estimated about 20 different teams. He said but some of them back on the East Coast. And it sounds like, and he, he said this, BYU would be traveling for this game. So they'd be on the road all next week. They would travel to wherever they might play this potential hypothetical game and then fly immediately to Las Vegas to get ready for what is more than likely a Friday night matchup against the winner of the 8-9 game on Thursday as the number 5 seed. The things could change where BYU could move up or down, but would obviously need some help and obviously has to take care of business in their final two conference games this week at home at the Marriott Center. But 
I think the idea of BYU playing a non-conference game and what they'd be going for is why they'd be going on the road is to make it a quad one game. And those of you who pay attention to the net ratings, those quad ones are what really make or break your NCAA tournament chances. You want as many quad one wins as you possibly can muster. And even in some cases, a high quality quad one loss can help you, but you want to avoid any quad four losses, which a quad four loss is the losses the BYU has suffered this season. The only one I can think of that's a quad four right now was that Pacific loss, which is just an abject failure on so many levels for BYU basketball. But regardless, if they can make this a quad one game, but the biggest thing about this, if you're going to schedule this game, if you're going to go out and play somebody, and we'll talk about some of the hypothetical uh, matchups here in just a moment. If you're going to go out and play this game, make it a quad one game, you can't go and get blown out. You want to hurt your tournament resume even more than it already has been hurt? Go out and get absolutely crushed by this opponent. Obviously, both teams would need to agree on this and have to come together in a very, very short time span. And BYU, as I mentioned, would likely be playing on the road on very short notice. And then obviously going to Las Vegas, hoping to avoid a first round upset would obviously also hurt them against an eight nine seed you you can't lose that you'd have you you need to make sure you take care of business in las vegas at least through that first round and in theory beat san francisco who currently is slated to be the four seed as things stand as of now and then match up potentially with gonzaga in the west coast conference tournament semifinals and in theory maybe a quad one win against san francisco because that would be a quad one win on a neutral court you've gone out on the road potentially and played a quad one game earlier on in the week Combined with two home wins this week and a win in that first round matchup, that five versus eight versus the five, eight, nine, you have to play the winner of the eight, nine matchup. I know this sounds very, very confusing. I promise it isn't as confusing. I'm probably making it sound, but regardless, BYU has to take care of business. You've got to win these games. If you're going to go out and schedule this matchup, you better sure as heck hope you're going to win that game and not get blown out. Obviously, a narrow loss isn't going to kill you, but the reason why you'd be scheduling this is because you want to go out and win the game. Now, Robbie McCombs from Vanquish the Foe, who is a very, very bright mind when it comes to all things BYU basketball, and much more than that, but basketball seems to really be where his wheelhouse is at. He wrote down some really interesting matchups that BYU might pursue. First one he mentions is Loyola Chicago who has a net rating of 37. This is actually one of the highest, if not the highest, net rating that BYU potentially could schedule. Loyola Chicago, the reason why it would be attractive is that net rating being a 37, but more importantly, well, a team like Loyola Chicago recently had a quad three loss to Drake this past weekend, and they're on the bubble themselves. So they would, in theory, need a game like this where if they beat BYU that bolsters their chances in the NCAA tournament selection process. This is a program who's recently gone to a Final Four. They played a neutral site game in Salt Lake Community College earlier on this season against the University of San Francisco, and they do have two potential matchups matchup dates open. They have not played two games that they could schedule one of those against BYU. I think the Ramblers would be a very, very welcome get if BYU can get them. But if they can't, there are other ones on. There's a big name in Virginia, obviously. Tony Bennett and the Cavaliers are a proud, proud basketball program. You likely be making a long trip out to Charlottesville to play Virginia. The interesting part is their net rating is currently an 80, and they are in the ACC, Virginia is, and they're on the bubble themselves. So in 
Funny enough, Virginia may be more welcoming of this than BYU is because BYU's got a higher net rating right now sitting in the mid-50s than the Cavaliers do. Other teams mentioned here, SMU with a net rating of 46. They have an available game to schedule. Uh, BYU could play them next Tuesday, potentially on March 1st, but then the Mustangs have a game two days prior on Sunday and then two days after on Thursday. That's the interesting part about this is getting a team to agree to play you on very short notice, but also potentially having games shortly thereafter. And BYU is not immune to this, obviously, because they'd play Saturday, in theory take Sunday off, travel Monday, and potentially play Tuesday, maybe Wednesday at the very, very latest. Kansas State and Memphis also are mentioned here as teams that BYU could schedule. Kansas State, funny enough, would be a future Big 12 opponent. And then the interesting, most interesting one to me, and this is actually one that I had heard independent of Robbie's reporting, but it's a natural fit, and that is the Iona Gales. And you're probably saying, why in the world does Iona matter here, Jake? Well, if you go to Iona, which is in New York City, so similar to Virginia, you're traveling clear across the country to play this game, but one Rick Pitino is the head coach of Iona, and that is an attractive matchup because Mark Pope, who did he play for at Kentucky? Oh, yes, Slick Rick himself, Rick Pitino. These two have a very good relationship. Patino visited BYU, not BYU, visited UVU while Pope was the head coach out there, and it just speaks glowingly of Mark Pope as a coach. Both of these uh, teams are on the bubble. Iona obviously plays in a lower-level conference and likely needs to uh, win the conference tournament to get a bid, but this still would be a quad one win considering Iona's net rating is a 72. So who knows? It would take a lot of travel to play a game like Iona, but the storylines for that one, alone make it very, very interesting to me to even consider that notion. So the biggest question mark right now facing the BYU basketball program is, okay, can you get a team to agree to play you? That's number one. Number two, is it worth the risk of going and potentially losing on the road and also potentially screwing things up in terms of your preparation, going to Las Vegas and hoping to have a pretty good run at least through the Western uh, West Coast Conference semifinals in theory when you would face number one Gonzaga? I don't know, but at least we know that BYU is exploring the possibility of it. Most likely, if the game does come to fruition, I guess it would probably be played on Tuesday, if at all possible. Be very, very quick turnarounds for all these games for BYU to pull it off. But if it means another opportunity for BYU to bolster an NCAA tournament resume that is very much in need of bolstering right now, Maybe you take the gamble. What else do you have to lose, really, at this point? Because you're currently, Joe Lunardi, who I consider the foremost authority on this as a bracketologist, has BYU among the last four out. So you need to do something to get back inside that field, and you want to be comfortably inside that field. Well, two quad one wins, one of these against a non-conference opponent and then a potential quarterfinal matchup against, well, it wouldn't be quarterfinals, it'd be a third-round matchup against San Francisco, which would also be a quad one win. Those would be two very nice additions to your resume. Would they be enough to get you in the tournament? Who knows, but it's something worth exploring. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll flip over and talk some BYU football as well as some rugby with Paul Lasique, the former BYU fullback slash running back, former rugby extraordinaire, BYU rugby player extraordinaire. Very interesting career path he has had. He has accomplished two sports at the professional level. He has played two of them at a pro level. He'll explain what led him to that success and also what is bringing him closer back to home to play for the Utah Warriors in Major League Rugby. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. 
Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. And Built Bar, folks, is the best tasting protein bar that I have ever had. Many of us at this point in the year maybe have given up on our New Year's resolutions. I am trying to hold fast to all of them. And one of them is to continue to eat healthy. And Built Bar has been a big part of that. And I would encourage you guys, if you're trying to make that part of your routine, Built Bar, I promise you, can help you out in that respect. They are the best tasting protein bars that I've ever had. But if a protein bar itself doesn't really do it for you, I would encourage you guys to give the protein puffs, uh, the built puffs, whatever they're called, give them a shot. They are protein-infused marshmallow bars. They're absolutely insane. They're delicious. They're covered 100% chocolate, and they're chock-full of protein. It's absolutely incredible. They've got churro flavors, coconut marshmallow, and my personal favorite, banana cream pie. If you like banana cream pie, you will not find a closer thing that it, outside the pie itself than this puff from Built Bar. The best part is we're going to save you some money. Get to Built.com right now, place your order, use the promo code LOCKED15 while you're there. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Try the puffs, try the Built Bars, try everything at Built.com and save yourself 15% with the promo code LOCKED15. And more importantly, support our friends at Built Bar as they support BYU football via name, image, and name, image, and likeness agreement with the BYU football program. So once again, one more reminder for you guys, Locked15 at Built.com. Support our friends at Built Bar. Time now to catch up with a former BYU star in two different sports and Paul Lasique. Very cool to talk with him. He was announced yesterday as the newest member of the Utah Warriors. He previously played the inaugural season the Warriors played in 2018 before embarking on a four-year professional career in the premiership playing for Harlequins over in England, one of the top leagues in the world, if not the top league. And Paul, as you will hear, has accomplished something that very few athletes can say they have done. He has gone professional in two different sports and had success at both of them depending on your definition of success this is part of a larger conversation i'm going to post it as a standalone interview on the podcast feed at some point this week but why don't you hear part of it Uh, we talked a lot about his playing rugby and football at BYU, what led him to professional football, and then obviously going into professional rugby, and what does the future hold for Paul Lasique? We're going to start with a question I asked of Paul. Obviously, football and rugby look similar. Obviously, there's tackling, all that stuff, but anybody who's played both sports know that they may look similar, but they're different, and Paul, can you help explain the differences between the two? Yeah, and it, yeah, they are very similar and very different at the same time. It's kind of hard to, hard to understand, but like physically, they're really similar. Um, uh, you know, um, you come. It's, they're both physical sports. That's basically the bottom line mm-hmm. of it. Uh, and then, and then uh, the, the differences are definitely the conditioning. So in rugby, you're you're running a lot more, as in like long distance, the the total mileage during the game. Um, but in football, you, there's a lot more. You're not running as much, but it's all explosive work. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of different uh, conditioning involved. Um, both of them are just different. You know, it's not like one's harder or the other. They're both they're both really hard. But um, yeah, they're just different. And rugby, always on your toes. You're running constantly. Whereas football, like every play demands a hundred percent of your uh, your energy. Uh, but yeah, it's um the positions. Yeah, the positions are similar as well. So. 
well, not in the game, but they can be comparable. Whereas, like a, a wide receiver in American football, that would be considered like a winger in rugby. Um, and then you got the your forwards in rugby, which will be like linemen in, in American football. So you can sort of compare the positions. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I love both sport, man. It's it was awesome to have a little um, dip in the American football world. I enjoyed it. Well, I'm not sure how many people can really say that they've played professionally in two different sports because after your time at BYU, you went with the Chicago Bears for some, for a time. So you've played in the NFL and now you play in the yeah. Premiership in, in England. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So I did three years in college um, and then I did two years in the NFL. So one year was, I was on the practice squad and then uh, the second year I was on active roster for the for the Bears. So I was up and down, but yeah, there was there was. Uh, it's cool to be able to say that I sort of uh, played in the NFL. You know, got in the field and and um, yeah, got to sort of experience that world. It's a completely different world to rugby. So yeah. <laughs> I can understand that. Okay, I want to take you back a long ways. Uh, obviously, you said you uh, spent some high school and also your collegiate days at BYU here in Utah, in the greater Utah area. Why did you go to BYU originally? Was it to play rugby? Is that, was that the original setup? Uh, yes. Yeah, that was it. So um, I went to the Highland Rugby Program. Which, uh, it, it used to be really big. It sort of died out a little bit. Now there's like Harriman High School sort of mm-hmm. coming up. Um, but yeah, Highland High used to be the school back then, and um, I went over as an exchange student, so I just did my senior year there, um, played for them, and then once I was done with that, um, that's when BYU sort of scouted me to uh, see if I wanted to school and play rugby there. And so, um, yeah, the following year, 2008, before my Mormon mission, but yeah, I went there and enjoyed it and then just ended up finishing up there, so um and staying there for 10 years, basically. But yeah, that's sort of how it got started. It's crazy. And so I, I wanted to also ask you, so you started out playing rugby, and I remember hearing about you playing for BYU Rugby, but then you end up uh, joining the BYU football program. What yeah. what got you to go from playing rugby, which I assume you hadn't played at all in your growing up years. You said you played rugby growing up. What yeah. got you to play BYU football? Um. Yeah, so... It was just it was the strength and conditioning coaches. Um, coach Alma, um, he was the old strength and conditioning mm-hmm. coach for the football team. Um, and he was basically like, um, why don't you go and try out for the American football or for the football team? Um, they have walk-ons like every January or something like that before spring ball. Um, and so I was like, yeah, okay, let me try it. So I just went and walked on. Um, and uh, yeah, they offered me a scholarship. So I was like, okay, sweet. This will be awesome. Um, it was frustrating. It was really hard to learn the game. So uh-huh. a funny thing, the first, my very first ever football game I went to, or college football game, I should say, um, was when I was dressed up in pads on the sideline playing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play that game because I was only on scout team my first year, but that yeah. was my first live experience of college football. It was like, I was literally on the sideline just like, wow, this is a crazy atmosphere. I'd never been to a BYU game or anything. Um, so it was a uh, it was a cool experience. Really hard at the start to learn, um, but yeah, once you got around, I, I grew to love it. Okay, so did you ever play any position outside of running back slash fullback at BYU? Did they try you at different spots? No, nah, no, nah, they didn't. So I got into like my third year, my third and senior year at BYU, and I was like, if I would have known what I knew then, uh, you know, my third year in, um, I probably would have tried to learn to play linebacker or something. Okay. Um, it probably would have given me a better chance to to succeed like longer in in, in American football. Um, I just wasn't fast enough for running back, and I was too like 
I got too heavy as a fullback, so it was just like there was no balance. And um, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. What was your, what was your BYU experience like as a whole? Whether it was rugby, uh, I, I believe you met your wife while you were there. You played football there. What yeah. was your BYU experience like? I loved it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I look back on those memories with um with just like they were cherished memories. Uh, yeah. So um, I was really busy because I was also working. You know, I had a by my senior year, I had a wife, I had a kid. I was working and and playing football. Um, so that was it was hard to sort of manage all of that because you know going to BYU is not easy the uh, academic side of it. So I'm trying to balance all that was really hard. But I look back and I'm just like that was a really awesome time, uh, you know. And just just in Utah as a whole, I enjoy Utah. So is that is that part of the draw to come back home just because of your familiarity with the lay of the land? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think so. Um, although it's changed a ton, hasn't it? It's gotten massive in Utah. Oh, my goodness. Like driving up the I-15, just all around um, the point of the mountain area, you've got the South Thanksgiving point, even Harriman, that whole thing is just mm-hmm. like, it's all developed now, just within four years. So it's, uh, it's um, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a little bit different, but I still have a lot of friends and family out there, and, and uh, yeah, it'll be good. Do you still keep tabs on BYU football? I, I know you're playing professionally in rugby, but do you still yeah. keep tabs on the Cougars? Uh, yeah, yeah, so, so I kept tabs on the BYU-Utah game. Okay. <laughs> and I saw, uh, well, that's the biggest game of the season, right? Yeah. And so, um, and, uh, so there's a church, the, the ward I go to out here, or the church I go to here, um, there's, a, there's a lot of BYU, oh, there's a lot of American families, and so they all follow it. And so, um, yeah, they all keep me up to date on how it's going because they're really big fans. And so when I heard about that, I was like, oh, my goodness, the, the drought has ended. So that was really cool. I think that was cool. <laughs> How tough can it be to keep up on this? Because I, I hear from BYU fans who live on the East Coast. We're talking like New York City area. So I, that's two hours ahead of here. England, if I'm not mistaken, compared to Utah, are you five, six hours ahead? How much further ahead are you guys? Yeah, we're, we're seven hours ahead. Seven, so okay. our family, they stayed up and watch, well, they stay up and watch all their really big BYU fans. Well, they'll stay up like 3 a.m. in the morning, like if it's an evening game, like you know, and then and then yeah. So I get I get my updates from them, but it's uh, you, you know how the um, you know how the fans are, you know, like uh-huh. they'll, they'll do any sort of watch their alumni or their school play. Um, but yeah, that's that. Jeez, <laughs> okay, I must be an I old man. From, I try watch. I try watch it from afar. Like I yeah. try and watch. You know, I might just because I follow them on social media, obviously. Sure. So, um, the, the football and the rugby teams and so I'll, I'll follow them from afar and see how they're doing it's, it's not like I'm watching the games but I like to just see how they're doing and what's going on and stuff so it's cool hey I work in the media and cover them professionally and I still struggle with the fact that the games are kicking yeah. off at 8 o'clock in, here in Utah like I can only imagine yeah. 7 hours ahead yeah that's a 2am 3am yeah. kickoff jeez it's just brutal yeah <laughs> that's awesome okay so Paul uh, obviously you're coming back home to play what is the future for Paul Lasique? You're coming off an Achilles injury. Like, what is next for you? You've played professionally in two different sports. You've conquered two sports in my mind. You've played both rugby and football at, at a pro level. What's next? Um, for when I'm done with rugby, or like as in next on the plans? yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. What What's next for your rugby career? Have you ever given thought to how long you want to play? And then, yeah, beyond that, what do you want to yeah, do? Yeah. No. Definitely. Um. Yes, obviously, first things first is I'll head back to Utah and, um, you know, um, 
uh, I'll, I'll do a couple of seasons with them and, uh, you know, as a player. And I'd like to, so I got my degree in teaching or, or PE. So um, uh, I'd like to transition off into sort of PE teaching and coaching when I'm done with my career, sort of not immediately, but like sort of make a transition, you know, maybe even while I'm playing or something, if I can link up with a local high school or something and do some um, shadowing or volunteer work to sort of ease my way back into it. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to sort of, I love sports, you know, so mm-hmm. I really want to stay around something to do with sports, whether I'm, uh, you know, playing or coaching or teaching, you know. Um, but yeah, and my wife's also a teacher as well, mm-hmm. not since we've had kids, but yeah, she's a teacher. And so um, that's probably the line of work most likely that we'll go into when all is said and done. So uh, yeah, I, I want to do something I enjoy and that's what, what I enjoy doing. Yeah. Hey, if you can do it, might as well. Enjoy what you can do, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, Paul, it was a pleasure catching up with you. Looking forward to seeing you back stateside playing for the Warriors. And at some point, yeah, we'll have to talk some more BYU. And it'll probably be easier for you to watch the Cougars now that you're coming back home. Yeah, no, awesome. Thanks for having me on, Jake. Thank you. There you go. Paul Asike, former BYU rugby and football player. And as I said, that's only part of the conversation that we had. It was more expansive on why he's coming back to play for Major League Rugby and the Utah Warriors in particular. As I mentioned, I will post it as a standalone interview that you'll hear later this week on the podcast feed so you can hear that conversation in its entirety. Coming up in just a moment, we'll get to our position preview ahead on today's show. Going to be a shorter one, obviously, because we're a little over time here and close to our limit, but we're going to talk about the specialist position for BYU. Kickers, punters, returners, deep snappers, what to expect from spring ball when it comes to the specialty positions for BYU football. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bet Online. Football is in the rearview mirror, but basketball is in full steam ahead mode for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Bet on, Bet Online, excuse me, remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, news this season as well. And it's not just basketball, my friends. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, as well as maybe the future odds when it comes to when the actual Major League Baseball seasons get underway. You probably can find out uh, and place your bet on that. It's all available to you guys at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action available to you now. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Before we go here on Locked On Cougars, let's get to another position preview and let's talk about the specialist position quickly here. Spring ball for specialists is very much, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, well, okay, I know how to describe it. In the pros, I have had guys who are kickers and punters describe the training camp for them was playing a lot of golf, stretching a lot, and then kicking for 10, 20, 30 minutes at the very most every single day. Spring ball and college football is a similar scenario. The nice part is for BYU, especially a punter and kicker, they seem to be stacked at both positions. You have a potential NFL punter in Ryan Rico at punter, and I think he is going to absolutely revolutionize how the punt game goes for BYU. Once again this year, he has been lights out since arriving for the Cougars. I've talked actually with a former BYU punter slash kicker recently 
recently. I don't necessarily want to throw out his name because we didn't. We kind of talked off the record, but he just marveled at what Ryan Rico has been able to accomplish in a BYU uniform so far, and he believes the the best is still yet to come for Ryan Rico. So that's saying something. This guy kicked at a very very high level for BYU. Now a kicker. The interesting part about this is Jake Oldroyd was a Ray Guy Award. Uh, it was Lou Groza. Apologize. Ray Guy is the punter. Lou Groza Award finalist is the best place kicker in America in 2020. Then he had some injury concerns during the 2021 season. It was not his best self this past year. Will he return to form in 2022? Maybe spring will yield some answers on that front, or maybe we'll have to wait until the fall to really get answers on this. But as I've been kind of going through these three questions, I guess I probably should have posed the first question is, does Jake Oldroyd return to form in spring ball? I kind of went Jeopardy on you guys. I gave the answer as the question, but you, you get what I'm going at. And the biggest thing is, can Jake Oldroyd return to what he was in 2020? That's the hope that he can do that. Now, second question. Does BYU settle on a single deep snapper, or do they continue to have that or between Britton Hogan and Austin Riggs' name? I feel like last year, the rotating cast at a long snapper actually ended up being a net negative for BYU because they kept switching out the guys. I believe uh, they actually interchanged whether they're doing long snapping for punt duty, PAT, or field goals. And I feel like BYU, if they have a guy who is standing out above the other, whether it is Britton Hogan or Austin Riggs, Settle on that guy and make them the guy. Yes, feelings are going to be hurt, and obviously BYU has used rotation for the better part of the last two seasons. But I, like I said, I feel like last year there was just some slippage when it came to the long snapping game. And I'm sure both of these guys are competitors. They'd love nothing more than to say that they are the long snapper for BYU. Maybe spring will yield a little bit more on that, but I feel like they need to find an answer at long snapper and just go with one guy. You don't see this at any other level of football. You don't rotate long snappers. You find a guy, you settle on him, and you trust him until he proves that he cannot be trusted any longer. Final question here. Is I feel like at punt returner, BYU's preset. Hobbs Nyberg, he did not impress me in 2020. I felt like he actually had some really good moments during 2021. So I feel like BYU's pretty well set at punt returner, but Caleb Christensen, who had been the primary kick returner for BYU since arriving from Skyview High School up there in northern Utah, well, he has entered the NCAA transfer portal. Does that mean he is not going to return to BYU? That does not mean that, but he's exploring his options beyond BYU, and that leaves a big question mark at kick returner. Kick return has not been a forte of BYU's for many, many years now. I, I don't think I can think of the last time it was that big of a thing. Oh, okay, Adam Hine. That's who we have to go back to. And what? when did Hine graduate? 2014? It's been a hot minute since BYU has had an actual kick return uh, unit that is of any note, I feel like. I guess Cody Hoffman had some moments, but you get what I'm talking about. They have not had a consistent weapon for quite some time. And the hope was that Caleb Christensen, who owns the career record in the state of Utah for kick return touchdowns at the high school level, he'd come in and be able to be that weapon. It has not proven to be that. He has obviously suffered some injuries during his time at BYU, and if ultimately he is moving on, BYU is a big fat question mark at kick return. Could a guy like Miles Davis, could JaVel Brown, uh, could Hobbs Nyberg, could somebody step in and prove to be the answer there? Yes, but maybe, just maybe, BYU needs to completely look at how they've gone about kick return and try and go back to the drawing board on that. I could be wrong, but I think that BYU needs to examine all options when it comes to their kick return game. I know that the NCAA is trying to legislate it out of the game due to head injuries and the bad PR from all of that, but if it's going to be a part of the game for however long it still is going to be a part of the game, 
BYU needs to see if they can get more out of that unit, if at all possible. And maybe this spring is the perfect time to try some of those new things. You ne- not, won't necessarily be going live. You rarely do when it comes to special teams. But Ed Lamb, he has proven one thing, if anything. He is willing to examine all options, and I would guess he will be looking at a myriad of different guys at kick returner to find the best option for the Cougars in the case that Caleb Christensen is done playing for the Cougars. Very interesting times ahead for the specialist position because there are some position battles and also some question marks that exist there. And we'll see. I'll be tracking this throughout spring to see if we can get any answers on that. And obviously, we'll continue to keep you guys updated on all goings on from spring ball in the coming days and weeks as it kicks off next Monday. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. On tomorrow's edition, we will get to another position preview. need to talk about the linebacker position for BYU. Very interesting things. There's injuries, obviously, that will preclude some guys, maybe your top guys at linebacker from participating in spring ball. What does that mean for other guys on the roster? We'll delve into that. And I want to encourage you guys now, though, to go make your second list and after we wrap up here, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker are bringing the NFL Draft to you guys every day and they bring it to life literally with insight and analysis on all college football prospects as well as how NFL front offices operate. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Thank you for joining us here and hope you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for February 23rd, 2020. And we will catch you guys manana.